claims that this is a book from other than Allah Ta'ala, then somebody Allah Ta'ala says, bring one surah like it, which you will never be able to do, obviously. And then somebody Allah Ta'ala says, bring ten ayahs, okay. But nobody will be able to bring even one ayat like the Qur'an Sharif, because this is the revealed word of Allah Ta'ala. So the entire Qur'an Sharif is the miracle, but from the entire Qur'an Sharif, one surah of the Qur'an Sharif is something that every mu'min has to recite daily. And not once, many times daily, he would have to recite it. His salah would be complete without reciting it. That is Surah Al-Fatiha. The importance of Surah Al-Fatiha can be understood just from this alone, that daily a person has no choice but to recite it because he has to perform his salah and his salah won't be complete without reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. So the most important obligation in a mu'min's life is his salah and that salah won't be complete without Surah Al-Fatiha so the importance is obviously understood from this. Apart from that on one occasion as mentioned in the hadith of Bukhari Sharif that is Sa'id bin Mu'alla radiallahu ta'ala anhu Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once said to him while he was in the masjid that لَوْ عَلِّمَنَّكَ أَعْظَمَ السُّوَرِ فِي الْقُرْآنِ I will teach you the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif before you leave the masjid. Any case after some time Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started walking out so he was walking along so as Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reached the doorway he reminded him actually Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was waiting for his talab that how eager is he that he was told something, is he waiting for it? So he reminded Nabi Wasallam that you said that you would teach me the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif before I leave the masjid. Now he thought about that the greatest surah perhaps might be something very lengthy. You are already about to step out of the masjid. Nabi Wasallam replied and said, it's Surah Al-Fatiha. This is the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif. Here Sab'ul Mathani wal Qur'anul Azim. These are the seven repeated verses. And this is the Qur'anul Azim, the very great part of the Qur'an Sharif. And in one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says that neither was such a surah revealed in the Torah, in the Zabur, in the Injil, and in the Qur'an Sharif itself. So this gives us the clear picture of the issue that Surah Al-Fatiha has some very deep importance in a mu'min's life. Very deep. He has to recite it daily, so obviously he has to take the message daily. So what is the message of Surah Al-Fatiha? In the brief moments that we have, we will try to just discuss a bit of it, to get an understanding of what is the surah we are reciting every day, in every rakat, of every salah. So Allah wa ta'ala commences with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala, who is the Lord of all the worlds, the Rabb and the nurturer and sustainer of all the worlds. Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone, 
this is already a very deep lesson for this person, this mu'min, this believer, that every day he's reciting, that remember, every achievement is from Allah Ta'ala alone. Everything worthy of praise is from Allah Ta'ala alone. And Allah alone is worthy of all praise. Like a person sees a picture and he starts praising that picture. MashaAllah, what a wonderful picture. Some scenery, there's some ocean and some mountains and whatever else might be drawn on that scenery. Now he's marveling at that, what a wonderful picture. And he's praising it. But in reality, it's not the picture that is being praised, it's the artist. That this artist has done such a wonderful job. So everything that insan does, what he thinks that he did which is worthy of praise, or which anything that he thinks is worthy of praise, is actually the creation of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has brought that into existence. It is all the doing of Allah Ta'ala. So all this and anything and everything of praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. This insan is being reminded, don't ever get proud about yourself. Don't feel I am somebody or anything. I am nobody, I am nothing. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the aspect that to embed deep down in the heart, that this is, that everything is from Allah Ta'ala, and He alone is worthy of every praise, and all praise is due to Him alone. Then, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah Ta'ala is the Rabb of all the worlds, whether it is the in- kingdom of insan, or the animal kingdom, or whether it is anything that we can see, or anything beyond what we can see, whether it is within this realm of this dunya that we have, or whether it is in another world, Allah Ta'ala is the nurturer of all this. And Rabb is that being that takes a thing from its inception to its perfection, through the various stages. Allah Ta'ala alone is the one who does all this. Allah Ta'ala is the creator, and he is that sustainer and nourisher, and he is that nurturer. And Allah Ta'ala takes it from its inception to its completion. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman, the most compassionate, and Ar-Rahim, the most merciful. It is everything that we see around us, this is all due to the compassion and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is feeding us, sustaining us, nourishing us. Allah Ta'ala has brought us into existence and is providing everything out of His mercy. Even that disbeliever and that worst atheist is also eating and drinking, it's purely the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. But then in the Akhirat, this will be a very specific kind of rahmat which the mu'mineen, believers alone, will enjoy from Allah Ta'ala. Any case, there is much detail in that. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Maliki Yawmiddin. Every day, every rakat, this insan is reciting. And how many rakats in the day? He is reciting Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. He is reminding himself that there is a day of judgment coming. There is a day of judgment coming, I have to face Allah Ta'ala. I may think that I can do things in this dunya and get away with it. I may think that I can say something and it's done, it's lost in the air. I may think that I can just send off some message and that just fizzled out. Or I can do as I wish. But insan is being reminded, don't ever think in this manner. Always remind yourself, there's a day of judgment coming. Sometimes things happen immediately where a person has just done something, gets taken to task immediately too. But in any case, 
if, if it appears that a person got away with something in dunya, it's never that he can forever get away, there's akhirat coming. So every day a person is reminding himself, imagine a person who's conscious of this. He started off his day with his Fajr Salah, already in his two sunnats of Fajr, twice he recited, Maliki Yawmiddin. And then, in the two fars of Fajr, the Imam will be reciting for him, Maliki Yawmiddin, twice, two rakats. Four times already, right at the beginning of the day, he is reminding himself and he is being reminded, Master of the Day of Judgment, Allah Ta'ala is the Master of the Day of Judgment. And there I cannot escape. So I need to now spend this day in a way that I will be able to present myself on the Day of Qiyamah in a manner that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with me and I am not taken to task for anything. Not taken to task for having, having trampled anybody's rights in this world or having not fulfilled the rights of Allah Ta'ala also. If this concept sits deep down in the heart, it will keep a person rightly guided. Maliki yawmiddin, iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Ya Allah, you alone do we worship. We don't worship anybody, we don't worship anything, but Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. We worship Allah alone. We worship Allah ta'ala in every aspect. That Allah alone is the one who has created us, He is the one alone who is nourishing us, so our entire allegiance is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. We worship Him in the form of our Salah also. We worship Allah alone when we are out on the streets as well. We don't worship our desires. Like in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Have you seen that person who made his desires, his deity? What the desires dictate is what he does. If the desire dictates that he should look at something, then he'll look at it. Whether that is permissible or impermissible doesn't mean anything to him. He desired it, he must look at it. It's haram, it's disgusting, it's filthy, it's dirty, doesn't matter to him. His desire desired it, so he must look at it. If he desired to go to some place, no matter what azab of Allah Ta'ala is descending there, it's a gambling den, it's a house of zina, whatever it might be, but he desired it, he wants to go, that's it. He desired to say something, to blurt out something, vulgar, to say anything, he just desired it. Such a person has made his desire, his deity. That's what Allah Ta'ala is saying to us. Allah Ta'ala has forbidden many things, but he wants to do it, so he just does it. So this is now, we are reaffirming this. Ya Allah, I'm not going to follow my desires. I'm not going to follow the dictates of anybody else. I'm going to follow what Allah Ta'ala has commanded me. I'm going to follow what Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi has taught. So, Iyaka na'abud. Ya Allah, you alone do we worship. Wa iyaka nasta'een. And you alone do we seek assistance from. Because only Allah Ta'ala can help us. And if we are apparently on the level of means, we are asking somebody to assist us with some work, to do something for us, as a favor, then there also the yaqeen is that Allah alone is the one that gives. And Allah alone is the one that we have to seek assistance from. If Allah wills, He'll put it in somebody's heart. And if he does not will, then nobody will be do, able to do anything for us. So, And then, that dua which a person cannot do without. Suratul Fatiha he can't do without. He has to recite Suratul Fatiha every day, every rakat of every salah. So obviously, he cannot do without this dua which is in Suratul Fatiha now. Allah Ta'ala is teaching us to ask this dua. Allah Ta'ala has made it necessary upon us to ask this dua. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. 
Ya Allah, guide us to the straight path. We make dua, alhamdulillah, many duas we make. But how often do we earnestly beg Allah Ta'ala for this hidayat, for this guidance? Guidance in every aspect of life. And that guidance which will take us straight to Jannah. Because that is our ultimate abode. This life is a very temporary phase in our journey to the Akhirat. And every other day we hear about somebody who was had healthy foot, walking, talking. He just met somebody, then he turned around and the next thing he was gone. He moved on to the Akhirat. He's no more around. When our turn comes up, we have no idea. We have to prepare for this everlasting life of the Akhirat. And for that we need this hidayat. We need this hidayat at every step in dunya. And we need it for that ultimate success of akhirat. So we are begging Allah Ta'ala for guidance. Ya Allah, we need this hidayat. Every day, every rakat, we have to ask for this hidayat. Ihdina surat al-mustaqeem. Ya Allah, guide us to the straight path. The straight path, that path which leads directly to Jannah. There are many, many things that will keep coming out. Many things will try to deviate us. Many things will try to take our attention away from deen towards dunya. Many things will want to make us do things and say things which are against what Allah Ta'ala has commanded us. But in all this we are begging Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, you keep us guided on the straight path. Save us from this deviation. Save us from doing things that you are displeased with. Save us from saying things you are displeased with. This hidayat. Now this is our greatest need. The greatest need that we have is the need of hidayat. How are we going to get this hidayat? We are asking Allah Ta'ala, Allah you guide us to the straight path. So Allah Ta'ala is answering the hidayat. So which path are you going to follow? Our sunnah. And that is the reality. That is the straight path. The straight path is only the path of the Quran and sunnah. So that was the very simple and very very short way of saying something further and explaining the path but that is what our minds tell us that this is how it should have been said Sirat al-Quran is sunnah and that would be it Allah Ta'ala is ahkamul hakimin and Allah Ta'ala's kalam is Allah Ta'ala's kalam where can we even fathom the depth of this kalam Allah Ta'ala says ihdina sirat al-mustaqim sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim the same aspect that is being mentioned, the path of the Quran and Sunnah, but Allah Ta'ala is teaching us how to ask for this guidance and also giving us the guidance, giving us the direction. Ya Allah, you guide us, we are begging in every rakat of every salah, we are begging Allah Ta'ala, guide us siratal ladina an'amta alayhim. Guide us to the path of those, of those people whom you have favored. Now we are asking for the path of the Quran and Sunnah, but Allah Ta'ala is teaching us, ask in this manner. And in this take the lesson as well. Ya Allah, guide me to the path of such people upon whom you have showered your favor. Now who are these people who are the favored ones? So the Quran Sharif, Al-Quran yufassiru ba'duhu ba'da. Some portions of the Quran Sharif explain other portions of the Quran Sharif. The Quran Sharif is all interlinked. So in another ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ نَعْمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ That who are the favored ones? The favored ones are مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ That's the first category. The Anbiya Ali, the Messengers of Allah, 
they are the first category of the favored ones. But then the last and final messenger of Allah Ta'ala was Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is no Nabi to come after him. Then who carried forward that message from him? And who will be followed? The personality to be followed will be Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But Allah Ta'ala still further says, Minan Nabiyeen was Siddiqeen. Siddiqeen, the highest rank of the friends of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala after the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam. The highest rank of Wilayat, the Siddiqeen, was Shuhada, was Salihin, and the martyrs and the pious personalities of the Deen. Ya Allah, you guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, the path of the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Wasalam, the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, and the Salihin. We are begging Allah Ta'ala in every rakat of every salah, guide us to the path of these people whom you have favored. Now why are we asking to, for guidance towards the path of such people? Because this is sunnatullah. And this is the system Allah Ta'ala has placed that people will be guided via people. But such people who are rightly guided themselves, who have taken this guidance via that unbroken chain all the way up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So what they are guiding about is nothing but what Allah Ta'ala has given in the Qur'an Sharif and what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has taught in, the, in his Mubarak Sunnah. And this has been always the way. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent Hazrat Mu'az ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala to Yemen, it was upon the request of the people of Yemen that we need to learn. Send somebody to teach us. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent Hazrat Mu'az ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala and instructed the people of Yemen, you learn from him. In the time of Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab the people of Kufa needed someone. Hazrat Umar sent Hazrat Ammar ibn Yasir and he sent Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and with them he sent Kufa. And in this letter he said to them that Inni qad ba'astu ilaykum Ammar ibn Yasirin Amira Abdullah ibn Mas'udin Mu'alliman wa Wazira. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala that personality regarding whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that lawkana ba'di nabiyan lakana Umar. Had they been a nabi after me, it would have been Umar. And he's writing to the people of Kufa that I've sent Ammar ibn Yasir as your leader. And I've sent Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala that very great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa regarding whom Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that رَضِيتُ لِأُمَّتِي مَا رَضِيَ لَهَا إِبْنُ أُمِّ عَبْدٍ What Abdullah bin Mas'ud is pleased with, for my ummah, I am pleased with it. In other words, he will only endorse and teach what I am already happy with. What I have taught. He won't teach you anything else but what I have taught. So if he is teaching you something, take it as my teaching. So he says to Umar Adlan, writes to them, that I sent Abdullah bin Mas'ud as his advisor and as your teacher. And then he says that they are both from the very elite Sahaba Baba, from the Ashabul Badr, from the people who participated in the Battle of Badr, who are the highest ranking of the Sahaba. Then further, Umar Allah writes that فَقْتَدُوا فَتَعَلَّمُوا مِنْهُمَا وَقْتَدُوا بِهِمَا You learn from them and follow them. Now, was Umar Allah misguiding them, that misguiding the people of Kufa, that look, you follow these two people, no, no, he wasn't misguiding them, he was guiding them. That these two people are very, very great experts in the Qur'an and Sunnah. And they know the depth of the Qur'an and Sunnah. So you follow them 
and you will be rightly guided because they will teach you nothing but the Quran and Sunnah. And this is how it has always been the case that they have the Quran and Sunnah as to what is the once Urwa bin Zubair radiallahu an rahimahullahi spoke as Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an and he said to him that look you are leading people astray. He said what do you mean I am leading people astray? He says that you are giving this particular fatwa regarding some matter of hajj whereas Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah their fatwa is different. You are opposing them in this fatwa. So as Abdullah bin Abbas became a little upset and he asked him that Ahuma athar u'indak amma fi kitabillah wa ma sanna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Are you giving preference to what Abu Bakr and Umar said over that what is in the Quran and what Nabi sallallahu alayhi gave in the sunnah? So Urwa rahimahullah replied and said that Huma ka na a'lama bi kitabillah wa bi sunnati Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam minni wa mink that they knew the Quran and Sunnah better than you and me. Ibn Abi Mulaika rahimahullah was relating this. He says that Ibn Abbas kept quiet. In other words, he endorsed this answer. That yes, I have understood this and given this fatwa based on my understanding of the Quran and Sunnah. But their understanding of the Quran and Sunnah is better than mine. And I have to rely on their understanding. So this is the same lesson that we have that we have to rely on the understanding of the great experts of deen. Like a person relies on the understanding of an engineer, if he has to put a building up, he doesn't take a chance. He has to understand on the relying, on the understa- rely on the understanding of a doctor if he has a medical problem. He has to rely on the understanding of an attorney if he has a legal issue. If he has a legal issue, he doesn't go to the doctor. If he has a medical issue, he doesn't go to the attorney. And if he has an engineering issue, he doesn't go to either of them. Then he goes to the engineer. Likewise, to understand deen, we would have to go to the experts of deen. The great imams of fiqh, they understood the Quran Sharif and the Ahadith and the Surah to that depth that we can't understand one fraction of that. Because they had that expert knowledge. They had that in-depth understanding. They had, had that, that great taqwa. And they were blessed with those qualities of Allah wa ta'ala, that gave them that depth of knowledge. We will rely on that, we will follow in that. And likewise, in every era, those who are the true experts in deen, in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, in the light of the teachings of the great fuqaha, they would be the ones that we would have to turn to for our guidance in deen. And as long as we keep to this policy, we will be rightly guided. And on the day of Qiyamah, we will be... Also, inshallah, successful because we have followed the command of the Quran Sharif where Allah Ta'ala says to us that You follow the path of those who have turned towards me. The people of knowledge, if you don't have the knowledge. So we don't have that expert knowledge, we refer to the expert. In this way we are fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala in these ayat and this is the path of our success. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the correct and true understanding of deen and enable us to remain on the state path at all times.